Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm your host today, Nick Antonucci, joined by Jacob Keane, uh, my fellow research analyst. So got two research guys on the show today. Dan Deluzio, CPA, from our perimeter office. And our research intern, Jonathan, Jonathan Secreta. Good to have you for the first time, Jonathan. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thank you. All right. And we'll hear from him a little bit later with a, a dog of the week. But, guys, thanks for being here this morning. Um, as you guys know, this first segment here, we typically wrap up what's going on in the markets this week. And so far, this is Thursday afternoon, it's been uh, an up week so far, up 0.31% on the S&P 500. So... Anything positive is good, right, especially in this market that continues to go higher, even though uh, you kind of wonder how much higher it can go without somewhat of a pullback. Not necessarily anything to a huge magnitude, but does look a little pricey at this point. Uh, leading the week higher, we've had healthcare up 1.29%, and the laggard has been consumer staples, kind of a defensive sector that's uh, leading the S&P 500 this week and one that's lagging the S&P 500 this week. Um, so pretty interesting to see there. The year as a whole, we're up 14.29% still with uh, IT, information technology, leading the way, up almost 30%. Gosh, that's insane. 30% this year. Yeah, good year. The two biggest laggers and the only two negative sectors, we have telecom down 12%. And the energy sector, no big surprise there, down about 10% as energy prices, despite the, you know, we had a spike up following the two hurricanes. But... Moving their way lower again. Pretty quiet, pretty quiet overall. And it's, it is interesting to see number two on uh, the year-to-day performance here. We got healthcare at 21 and a half, roughly. Yeah. Um, and that's where it looks like some of the profit uh, or, or some of the biggest moves uh, this past week were. So. Yeah, and and you know if you look at earnings season, we're kind of really next week we'll hit full stride in earnings season. We've got about a third of the S&P 500 reporting next week. Um, a third of the Dow. So far, we've had 75 of the S&P 500 stocks report. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some more earnings growth uh, into the double digits. But we're on the cusp of it. Earnings have grown 9.15% so far um, in the current season. That's third quarter. Sales are up 6.38%. And in terms of how they've compared to analyst expectations, both sales and earnings as a whole are beating. You have sales beating by about 1% against expectations and earnings beating by about 4% versus expectations. So our hope is that we continue to see these strong earnings growth numbers that make it a little more justifiable, the market, the, the multiple you're seeing in the market. I think the S&P is trading near a 30% premium right, right now to right. the historical average. So, you know, if we can get some earnings numbers that, you know, justify that multiple, it, I think it'll, it'll make us feel a lot more comfortable where we're at right now. We had the Dow hit, what, 23,000 this week? Yeah. Our first close above 23,000 ever. We're, we're, I think we've made 170-some new all-time closing highs since the bull market began. Uh, right. So it's been, it's been a week of continued records, really. Yeah. 
it's been a pretty steady rally overall. That's what's kind of surprising. Not a lot of volatility whatsoever. Not at all. You're right. Not that VIX those... continues to be extremely yeah. low. We're probably. Do you know where we are right now in the VIX? Uh, well, we got a little bit of action today. Um, it actually started in the overnight session. Um, I think we're at a, about 11 right wow. now. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been down there. But it, if you if you compare it to realized volatility, we're really in a in a time where we haven't seen a lot of those big one percent moves either way. I mean, no, it's, it's no, fairly right. justified. I think at one point I had looked at it a few weeks back. If you looked at realized volatility, the standard deviations that you're seeing are in like the mid single digits. So wow. if you're thinking of the VIX, even priced in the double digits at ten, it feels really low. Um, but compared to what's been realized, I mean, it's, it's not that unreasonable. Yeah, and that's, that's incredibly low for, for volatility in the equity markets. Oh, it certainly is. Certainly is. And, you know, every now and then we'll get a spike. We'll see that VIX jump up, you know, 10 more or more percent in a single day, typically driven by headline events, whether it be geopolitical, you know, tensions with North Korea. They're running more uh, exercises right. or, you know, they're threatening to, to launch another missile or they're testing a missile, whatever it may be. Um, we do get that every now and then, but I'm interested to see if those start to have less and less of an effect on markets when they come out. Does does the market start to kind of grow immune to, to those headline-driven? Like, yeah. It seems like it seems like it has, and I and I, I I really think just overall from like an institutional investor perspective, we're we're mainly just waiting here. We're waiting for some more visibility in fiscal policy. Do we get tax reform? Do because we get we deregulation? Because we nothing, and that's a great point. You know, a lot of this run-up we've seen in equity markets has been based off, you know, financial deregulation expectations. Um, Changing the tax code, right? And we've had nothing, right? Right. And, and, now and maybe even we're getting infrastructure, closer. even infrastructure, we, we, we haven't talked about in a good while. And on top of that, uh, you you could have a new Fed chair in Absolutely. February, and there's supposed to be a decision on that in the next couple of weeks. And we I, were I looking think it's at more that. likely than not we'll have a new Fed chair. Yeah, yeah, I I'd, I'd say so, just because I think. Uh, I think whether whether or not we really nail down uh, where Trump stands on uh, kind of like dove versus hawk, right. uh, that that perspective, I think he he is going to make a push for deregulation, especially if you look at his team between Cohn and Nuchin. Yeah. Um, I think they want some deregulation, and really the easiest way to do that is so not going to be through Congress. It's going to be through the Federal Reserve. Agreed. And and just to give you guys an idea of the front runners right now, you've got Jerome Powell, John Taylor, Janet Yellen, and Kevin Warsher, kind of the, the top four names being thrown around uh, for Fed share. Well, um, as I mentioned, the market's been relatively uh, flat this week. We are up a little bit, but there's been uh, two events worth mentioning. If you talk outside of the U.S., we have um, Article 1, was it 155 being 155. invoked by Spain, which basically says... Catalonia, while you can operate on your own, if we enact this Article 155, not anymore. Right, right. In, in, you lose your your ability to operate independently as a nation, more or less. Yeah, and they gave they gave them uh, some time to say, look, are you guys really declaring independence? We'll give you some time to think this through. And they got nothing back. So basically, uh, the kind of like the overarching interpretation is this is kind of the, the nuclear option from Madrid, like right. a, a forceful type decision, um, which 
I think is why we saw some of the pressure overnight because the news broke probably about 2 a.m. this morning. That's we, we we've recovered some of uh, some sure. of that selling, um, but I think there's concerns over just potential cracks in the EU. You're seeing these small little things come through, and if if you compare the EU to the United States, of course, no country comes close to U.S. GDP. But if you put it all together, it's actually larger than U.S. GDP. So you're talking about a lot of sure, <laughs> economic and force. And you look at the ECB and and, and the the kind of uh, bandwidth that they have to accommodate more than they are right now in the event of some some sort of uh, dissolution of the EU. You know, we see these cracks forming. Absolutely, it's concerning. I mean. You, we still, I mean, what's the what's the outcome of the Brexit? We still don't know what type of effects that's going to be when it that's going to have when it actually happens. If you look at the IMF came out and they boost their GDP forecast for almost every advanced economy this week, with the exception of the UK and Spain, wow. and two of the places where you have the most wow. uncertainty. Right. Um, so I think that's that's pretty telling right there. That being said, on a related note, uh, China's economy grew by 6.8 percent in the third quarter. Great number there, better than expect than expected. And it somewhat, you know, alleviates the worry that there's a slowdown in China, especially because I think they forecasted 7% growth for next year. Right. So right. As, as you guys remember, in the, in the past few years, the, the hard landing in China was a big concern, you know, causing volata- volatility uh, overseas, um, which trickled into U.S. markets. But it seems as though for now, China's... Chugging along, whether you whether right. you believe the data or not. Well, I, I, I think that's an interesting topic because they've got their basically uh, national congress going on right now, right. Um, and it seems to me like they were trying to kind of uh, keep the volatility down and and the real uh, restrictive reforms, almost like contractionary mon- monetary policy, until this political event. This once in five years. It's going to be interesting, some of the headlines that we see coming out of this as far as how Xi plans to push forward, because you and I have talked about it before. There are concerns about some of the levels of leverage in, in oh, China. If concerns. you look in, in housing or state-owned enterprises, um, I don't want to dig too deep into that, but it is certainly something to watch how they move forward from here, um, especially when you've got the Fed, the, I mean, we're, we're in a dollar funding world, um, and you've got the Fed tightening. So are they going to be able to kind of follow in the footsteps of the Fed and tighten when really they're in a position of sure. more of a debt burden than the U.S. has on, for, yeah. for the average person, and all I, these I would th- say. All these things going on outside the U.S., I think, if anything, it gives the Fed, because they've cited international issues before, an out as to maybe why they don't hike rates in December, which – you know, we'll talk about coming into the next segment when right. we uh, when we recap some economic releases. Well, guys, you're listening to Money Talks. Um, feel free to send us in your questions throughout the week. We'd be happy to answer them on the phone. Uh, you can email them in or call us in. Uh, if you want to email us, it's drgene at hensler.com. Or you can call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. So, guys, where we left off, we we're talking about the economy, and I think it's important to kind of go through the economic releases that we've had this week. Um, Jacob, I guess is kind of more in our wheelhouse, um, but the Consumer Price Index last Friday, didn't get to cover that on the previous show, um, saw CPI rise, but it's probably a short-term phenomenon because of the hurricanes. You saw gasoline prices shoot up, um, which drove the index higher. Not going right. to be sustainable. Right, yeah. It probably had something to do with the refining shutdown. Yeah, energy CPI rose 6.1%. 
The one thing that's the one thing that that is interesting is we've seen a little bit of a pickup in food prices. That's true. We have. It was a rough period there for the past couple of years, and it looks looks like it might be turning the corner. Also, we had a pretty stellar retail sales report. I don't know if you saw that, Nick. It, it was the largest gain since uh, March 2015. Um, it was a little bit, a little bit deceiving because again you got a little boost from gas prices. Gas stations were up 5.8 percent. A little more hurricane-related stuff with building supply up sure. 2.1. And you'll see those prices move higher. I'm sure that'll be sustained for some time. But still a strong level because we're talking about 4.4 percent year over year. Uh, that compares to August is three and a half. Yeah, I mean, and talking about records, you look at the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment. Uh, spiked in uh, the uh, our first October report, rising six points over September, hit its highest level since January 2004. So there's two components of that reading. You have kind of how consumers are feeling about current economic conditions, as well as what is their outlook on the future. Both were up. You know, both look pretty strong. strong. Um, which you know, the elevated stock market, housing prices, uh, making their way back up. Both, you know, make people feel like they got a little more money in their pockets. Right. So. Um, Tuesday, we had industrial production, which was up 0.3% in September, um, bringing the monthly change back into positive territory. It's kind of in line with expectations. Um, again, as, as you can see, is going to be in probably every economic release. There's some sort of hurricane-related component right. to it that, that may be positive or negative. Um, but again, in the, in the coming months, you'll see those kind of flush themselves out. Look at kind of a, a monthly average. Don't just you know, put all your eggs in, into one, one month's reading. Right. The, the one, th- the, the one th- comment I do have on industrial production is, is it's not that the data hasn't been great. It's just that it hasn't really paced with some of the survey data that we've seen. Sure. It hasn't really caught up to it yet. So that's something to look uh, to moving forward. Um, where do we want to go from here? Uh, mortgage applications up. It's kind of a weekly. Don't don't focus too much on it. But we did have new residential residential construction. Not a big shock here. We've kind of been seeing this for some time. Uh, continued to slow down in September. Housing starts fell 4.7%, um, though they're still up 6.1% year over year. But the negative is, is kind of forward-looking, is permits were also down. And I think last month we saw um, starts were down, but permits were up. So it gives you a little bit of hope that the next month's reading might be better or the coming months. But now we're seeing permits uh, permits decline as well. So um, continue to see short short supply of, of, of homes right yeah. now. You know, Land's expensive. Labor's expensive. Input costs are expensive, so home builders just aren't really building those starter homes right now. It's, it's much more targeted toward the higher end. Uh, Wednesday, we got the Fed's beige book. Overall activity in September uh, moderated. It looks like overall, though, everything, uh, all 12 districts reported somewhat of a decent economic right. growth. Right, pretty broad. And then our last release for the week, uh, jobless claims continue to fall, so good news there. They're at their lowest level since the week ended March 31st, 1973. That was, yeah, that was just a shocking, unbelievable, <laughs> shocking data point there. It is the, the employment, the employment market still just really strong. It, it is, really yeah. Strong. Now I mean, hopefully we can you see look more at the wage level. Growth. Yeah, you look at the level and it's like, well, the, we're at what 4.2 right now. Somewhere in there, 4.2, yeah, 4.4. No so. signs of reversal. Yeah. Well, um, guys, there's one thing I want to talk about kind of related to the economy and specifically or potentially the economy here in Atlanta before we move on to our tax situation for the week. But today was the day where bids are due for Amazon's HQ2, Headquarter 2. And one city that you see in in the top five across any survey you see is Atlanta. Right. 
So, you know, fingers crossed. I don't know how long it'll take for us to get a decision on this, but fingers crossed that something like this comes with land. It'd be great for the state, great for the city. Um, I know I, I'm hoping that it comes here. But some, some of the competitors, the top-ranked ones are Boston, Massachusetts, Austin, Texas. Um, and I'm trying to think where else. Toronto was in the Toronto. And there. actually Washington, D.C. Do you yeah. know Jewel? Yeah, yeah, I did see What's that. his name? Bezos just bought a home there for yep. 20, 23 And there's million. people tying in, oh, Bezos has this here, that, there. But <laughs> When you're Jeff Bezos, as much money as he has, it doesn't you matter. probably have a tie-in just about anywhere. I would think they're going to go. They're going to go over the best option. Well, you can almost make a, you, you can almost make a counter argument, right? People are talking D.C. because he's got the uh, post there, and yeah. uh, Austin because the recent Whole Foods acquisition. Right. But it's like you you've already got property in those areas. Why not diversify? Sure. I think me and you talking about it. We think Atlanta and Boston are probably the front runners. I think so too. I mean, you have. You think cost of living and, and, and workforce is probably more attractive in Atlanta. I think so, too. you got you know tech feeding new Absolutely. graduates right into the company. Cost you already have a, a, big, a big technology hub here with, with fintech. Yep. Um, so I, it's a growing city. I, employers, you know, t- employers today are very interested in, for their employees in quality of life. Absolutely. We've got weather. We've got a lower-priced economy than in most cities. I think we've got a huge attraction. Right for an entity. We like should that. have lower lower tax levels than most of those competing cities. Oh, yeah, 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 maybe Austin, so. except yeah. for Texas. I yeah. mean, we, we sure, certainly beat Massachusetts. Right. Uh, the thing that keeps coming up though is a lot of people are kind of like, oh, well, it's going to drive up the the cost of living here, and yeah, I mean, certainly it's going to drive up the cost of living, the cost of housing if they if they put it in the city. But I think the the greater impact will. Well, more than offset well, that. They're, they're talking fifty thousand high-paying jobs. They're talking right. hundred thousand dollars salaries. Through. Yeah, that flows through, yeah. and if, if your cost of living is going up, ideally your wages are also going Absolutely. up. Absolutely, should pull everybody along. Right. You know, be a, right. rise to tide. Uh, Amazon, though, has mentioned you know they they won't make this decision until sometime next year. Okay. Okay. So, so there's some it's time. probably five to six months out. I'm suspecting. I mean, the spring maybe. But in the meantime, they they said what they want to do is they want to have an impact on the city they that they choose. So they want to be they want to be a a, a, a driving force for something. Okay? Right. So we've got a lot of things that can that can happen. It could be better public transportation here. Let's in hope so. It, yeah, that that absolutely. is the yeah. one thing that when when you read about Atlanta and and where it doesn't, yeah. you know, check all the boxes is is the public transportation. And obviously there's been a big focus on it even prior to Amazon showing any sort of interest. But Dan, it's, you say that I, I'd be curious to see what kind of signs you start to look for that yeah. might. They might suggest well, because you know everyone's going to be critical of oh right. Amazon they, they already have a presence in Atlanta but right. anytime they add more jobs it's going to be oh is this a is this a sign that right. this is the city and and they'll do that at, well, at any city well the sites that they've right. chosen in Atlanta most most of the sites have access to public transportation so they've hopefully they've tried to check that box as best they could yeah absolutely and well uh, where was it Stonecrest. Stonecrest. Stonecrest, that. that it'll segment off a part of the city and, and call, call it Amazon, Amazon, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you see some of these PR stunts from different cities. I was in Birmingham early in the week, and you're in downtown Birmingham, and they have this giant, it's got to be 20-foot by 15-foot Amazon Prime package just sitting out in the middle of the road. Just something funny to see that, you know, you have all these different cities and states pumping money in to just get the attention. I know New York City last night was glowing a and lot of their skyscrapers. Orange quote amazon orange um right, just yeah. as as their i even read the day before i even read uh that newark put in a bid uh with uh potential tax credits into the future valued at up to like seven, seven billion, billion yeah i saw that so it's it, it's well they've got to do something in newark so 
that's true. That's true. 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 If, if there's any, if there's anyone who well, needs wanna, it, maybe yeah. doesn't deserve it or qualify right. for it, they, they, I'm sure they could certainly use it along with a number of other cities. But uh, guys, I think this, this is probably another good spot for us to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a, uh, a tax situation with Dan. Listen to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.